Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is The Blue Planet and Blue Planet 2. Today, we will be discussing The Blue Planet Episode 5, titled Seasonal Seas. Ooh, nice nice alliteration there. Seasonal Seas. Try saying that five times fast. Seasonal Seas, Seasonal Seas, Seasonal Seas, Seasonal Seas, Seasonal Seas. Ooh, I I, I don't do that often. I (laughs) I don't say things fast good a lot of the time, but I did do that. Seasonal seas, seasonal seas, seasonal seas, seasonal seas, seasonal seas. It, it flows smoothly. I, I thought that would be a tongue twister, but for whatever reason, it just, it flows very nice off the tongue. Anyway, point is, this is a really good episode. <laughs> uh, this is another really good episode that I really enjoyed. Uh, was very, very fascinated by. It does a phenomenal job. Of right off the bat, from beginning to end, conveying the versatility of seasonal seas. Because David Attenborough says, like, right off the bat, that this is by far the most diverse segment of the waters, of the Earth's waters. Uh, This is the most versatile, most lively, most vibrant, most productive part of the seas is the seasonal seas in the most temperate parts of the world. Uh, in fact, little behind the scenes tidbit. Uh, so I took the most notes on this episode out of any Blue Planet episode I've done so far. I took like a full five pages of notes on this episode. And there's a reason for that. Because there are so many different creatures that occupy the seasonal seas. And every single one of them is absolutely fascinating. Uh, and there's just too many to count, really. And the episode does a great job of just going through as many of them as possible. Uh, just keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. Just to show off the expansiveness of these particular regions, of these particular segments of the ocean. Uh, And there's a lot of moments in this episode that I love. A lot of segments that I was really, really fascinated by. Uh, They start off with a segment on gray seals uh, that go to breed in the winter uh, when there's all these storms happening and the seas are, like, really choppy and... Horrible and unforgiving. They somehow then make the trek to this massive seal breeding colony. Uh, And they get on land. They make it ashore. And then they start breeding. And they start caring for their pups. After a while, they just sort of F off and abandon them. And the pups are alone. Just working off their fat reserves. Uh, For another five weeks. And then they go off into the world. Like. 
it's amazing to me that these creatures, they'll brave these horrible waters just to breed, uh, just to give birth to and care for new seals. And then after, like, what, eight weeks, was it? They'll just leave. They'll just F off. Actually, was it eight weeks or eight days? There was an eight in there, but I can't remember the unit of time. But eventually, they just abandon them. Like, all that work, and they just abandon the pups. And then they're just, okay, you're off on your own now. Like, it's strange. It's really, really strange to me. But it's fascinating. Oh, there's this other segment involving some jellyfish that are going after a copiopod, I believe was the name of it. Uh, this copiopod that's just riding around, feeding on plankton. Uh, they actually do something really cool where uh, they, like, create a current with their legs that the plankton get trapped in. And they just go right into the copiopod's body. And the copiopod just eats them, just gobbles them up. Uh, and they leave this little trail in the water. As they move on. Now, if I remember correctly, the purpose of this is mostly to warn it of danger. But also, that trail provides a pretty damn good way for predators to locate them. And so you get these jellyfish. Some pretty gargantuan jellyfish. At least, relatively speaking. Uh, that just sort of go after them and gobble up the copiapod pretty efficiently. They just, they don't even put a lot of effort into. They just go around and then the copiapod just gets swallowed up. Just by the sheer force of the jelly's movements. Uh, and those are like actually smaller ones. That are able to gobble up a lot of plankton and a lot of copiapods. Uh, they immediately cut to, like, even more massive stuff. And it's just like, hey, uh, you know this jelly that gobbles up a shit ton of stuff? Here's ten times bigger jellies. God only knows how much they gobble up in a certain amount of time. Like, it's kind of insane. Uh, but probably my favorite part of this episode uh, is an elongated segment focusing on this giant, overgrown uh, marine forest of kelp. There's giant kelp all over the place, and it creates this underwater forest. And this entire ecosystem, this entire community is built around it. And a bunch of different sea creatures use it for uh, shelter, use it for feeding grounds. Uh, and to see how, like, every single creature makes use of the giant kelp forests and... Sort of play off one another to make this very vibrant community of creatures. By the way, I will say, included in that are sea otters. Now, this show has a very positive spin on sea otters. Where it's just like, uh, well, they dive down and they gobble up the sea urchins. Who would really F up the, the kelp if they were to go unchecked. So the otters are the guardians of the forest. Look how great they are. 
Yeah, they kind of forget to mention that otters are rapists. Look it up. Otters are rapists. And, and you, and you know, like the intended thing of it, like a bunch of people will look at the otters and go like, oh, how cute. They're just snoozing in the kelp. It's, it's so cute. So adorable. They're rapists. They rape everything. Not just other otters. They rape other creatures. They rape pretty much everything that is possible for them to rape. Look it up. It's a thing. I'm just saying. Like, otters need to have a Me Too moment. Because, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they are not cute, cuddly, innocent little creatures. They're little pieces of shit. I, I just had to rail against this pro-otter propaganda that the Blue Planet is given off. Uh, but to see how this kelp forest develops this whole vibrant ecosystem of various different creatures. Uh, it's really, really fascinating. Uh, there's a segment with a bat ray. No, not that bat ray. The, the creature bat ray. Bat ray is not a Batman gadget. It is a creature. Uh, and <laughs> they basically scour the seafloor looking for... Creatures buried in the sand. Food buried in the sand. And they have these, like, jets of water that they pump out to just blast the sand and reveal food, reveal sustenance, reveal nutrients. And the bat ray just gobbles it up. Uh, there are some other creatures that feed off of uh, the bat ray's digs. Again, not a Batman bat ray. Ocean bat ray. Uh... <laughs> So, that was really, really cool. Uh, there's this one great moment with some sea slugs. Uh, two different variations of sea slug. One of which is just crawling around, gobbling stuff up. And apparently it's super poisonous. Except to this other brand of sea slug that just happens to be following it. And, like, this, the second sea slug... Starts biting down on the first sea slug, getting a nibble at some of the tentacles, and the first sea slug's like, nope! Puffs up into a ball, curls up into a ball, and then just sort of overpowers the second sea slug and just gets itself free and carries itself off on the current. A uh, really cool moment of, oh crap, that sea slug's gonna get eaten. Oh wait, no, it's not. Like, it's just three-act structure in, like, two minutes. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect natural storytelling. Uh, there's a segment with a lobster that just goes across this ridiculously massive distance. Like, I think it was, like, 150 kilometers across the seafloor uh, as the seasons shift to sort of... Get a spot in this one place to uh, to hatch its eggs. This uh, lobster gets to this area of the seafloor that's largely popular to lobsters. It has to go around to various pits, find a pit. Uh, because it's a big lobster, 
it's able to overpower another lobster that's already found a pit of its own and say, no, this is my pit now. And it just gets into the pit. Lobsters really like pits. <laughs> As it turns out. Uh, and then it ends up like giving birth to like hundreds of thousands of offspring in this pit a couple months later. I, I like stories like that where it's just these animals just do absurd, ridiculous things. Go to ridiculous lengths to find the optimal conditions to uh, spawn offspring. That's always really cool to me. I always find that fascinating. Uh, there's also a segment involving a crab that's just going around being a badass and then immediately gets snatched up by an octopus. I found that very funny. <laughs> just like, here's a crab being like, yeah, I'm a crab. I'm the best. Oh, I'm so great. Oh, look at my, look at my crab shell. Look at my craw claws. I'm the best creature. Oh shit, an octopus. And then it just gets eaten. <laughs> then it just gets swept away. <laughs> I very much enjoyed that. Uh, last little bit before we close out this episode. Uh, there were a couple of segments involving herring. Now, something I have learned <laughs> when going through Blue Planet over the past week. Uh, if you're herring, you're screwed. Because <laughs> there are now, once again... Multiple segments of herring getting eaten. Of herring getting eaten quite a bit. Uh, you have this one moment where it's basically like another ball of protection type deal. Like, go start picking at them. Uh, some other diving birds start picking at them. Some other sea creatures start picking at them. And then they're like... Yeah, let's get into a ball of ourselves so we can be protected by the ball of us. And, like, you have that awesome visual of just the herring ball spinning around and around and around and around and around and around and around. And, around. Uh, and then, like, they just get overwhelmed and uh, the ball ends up getting slowly broken up as predators start going in between them. And you have this other moment of, like, Everyone and their mother is trying to eat this school of herring. And they end up succeeding. They end up eating literally every single herring in that school. So, yeah. Oops. <laughs> that was a failure. But then there's this other uh, herring segment. Where... A massive, massive swath of herring. Uh, a massive school of herring. Like, billions and billions of herring are just walking along. Or not walking along. Swimming along the ocean. And then some orca show up. And just stun the or And then just stun the herring with their tails. Like, boom! You're stunned. We're gonna eat you now. And so the orca pick off a bunch of herring. The gulls pick off a bunch of herring. Uh, and it's this feeding frenzy. However, what's fascinating is... At first, this looks like a massacre. Because it very much is. But then, they point out that, like, there's so many herring. Like, 
5 billion individuals. There's so many there that the losses they've sustained at the hands of the Orca, at the hands of the Gulls, are almost imperceptible. Are almost unnoticeable. That is fascinating to me. That this school of herring is so dense. Is so massive. That like Orca can swoop in. Freaking massacre a bunch of them. Be the most brutal hunters imaginable. For months on end. And most of the herring are fine. The vast majority of the herring are fine. Like there's just that many of them. That was great. That was really cool to see. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Hey, we got through a whole week of Blue Planet. Uh, one week of three. So what's going to happen is like next week, we got three more Blue Planets. And then we'll transfer over to Blue Planet 2. And then the last week and a half is going to be Blue Planet 2. Uh, so that'll be fun. That's coming up. Look forward to that. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there, or if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, On Monday, we will be discussing the Blue Planet Episode 6. Talk to you then.